0: We're going to start off with uh, with some of uh, some of w- w- with what what you're working on. This is a bit of a departure for me um, because I'm I'm used to talking about what other people do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna split that a little bit, um, not and and talk about a little bit more about what what you're doing, and then we'll we'll get into the book a bit. Awesome. I, I really want to know your thoughts on the book, and then you know we'll we'll, we'll kind of break it down for for folks a little bit we're going to get into my new manuscript the assassination of baby hitler a love story uh which if you're a science geek like uh like me and dan and uh, and love classic rock and roll i want I, I want that uh that perspective as well um i think you'll love this conversation and, and we are recording this because you and i have some amazing conversations man um <laughs> that weren't recorded uh, and we're not making that mistake again. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be here. We should probably introduce you. Dan Davies wrote and co-produced and starred in the brilliant, and I I, I underscore brilliant, 2010 film, uh, Ed Gein, the musical, which is a comedic. Uh, musical film about the grave-robbing serial killer Ed Gein. Uh, the film was directed uh, directed by Steve Russell. What I take from that is you convinced in in co-producing uh, Ed Gein the musical. You convinced another human being that <laughs> it was it was a viable idea uh, to to do a movie about a singing serial killer.
1: well you know they're in wisconsin you know there's always copious amounts of beer involved (laughs) in any major decision that you make um and that's our wisconsin currency is you know brats beer and cheese so you can lure anybody with those three tantalizing uh tidbits um if you have enough of those so so over beers when i first came up with the idea and i literally was over many beers I just thought it would be an interesting take. There's something wrong with that boy. My name is Edward. Edward Gein. I'm from a small town in central Wisconsin. I'm 41 years of age, and up until a few months ago, I lived with my mom, now she's gone. I like cold beer, I like cottonwood, and I like women the problem is women do not like me i've tried everything but nothing seems to help
0: by the way there's there's a joke down here you you probably heard it up there the the most famous last words heard in wisconsin are hold my beer honey and watch this (laughs) that's so true was it was it was it kind of like
1: that yeah, you know, I was I was at a uh, um, a late night uh, fire, which are, you know, campfire big in Wisconsin and which um, we were drinking many, many Wisconsin craft beers and otherwise. Uh-huh. And uh, my friend Ian Teal, who's also a filmmaker, uh, was living in New York, came back to Wisconsin. He's got his own film festival as well, along with his partner, Kathy Fail. But he uh, he really wanted to do a a true to life documentary on Ed Gein, and at that time in the mid to late nineties, there wasn't really anything out there. Yeah. There, of course, was the fantastical you know versions of his life, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Psycho, Motel Hell, and the character Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. But there was nothing really true to life, and he because he had read about er- Errol Morris, the uh, filmmaker who wanted to do a documentary in the 70s and 80s and was right in Plainfield, Wisconsin, where Ed is from. And they kind of gave him the, uh, the bums rush out of the town, I guess. So the rumor goes. So we were drinking. And he said, I'd really like to do a documentary. And I said, well, why would you want to do that? You know, I mean, there have been so many books about him. And, and I said, mm-hmm. I, if I had my druthers, I would make a comedic musical about his life. Ed gain the musical and he literally looked at me like I had three heads and I knew I was onto something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Her hands are tasty and the knees are sweet. The pituitary gland is a tasty treat. Who do you turn to when you need to serve through love? She's all cooked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of where the genesis of that is, is just I, or was, it was just a, a simple, you know, beer-induced, you know, fever dream. <laughs> and, uh, but
0: it's, it's become awesome. it's become this cult classic. And yeah. and truly a cult classic. So you're you you also got to mention in an upcoming doc uh docuseries on MGM Plus, right?
1: Yeah, so, so they are doing this really cool version of, and this, again, is more of a documentary that, that probably Ian wanted to do. Well, this is coming out September 17th on MGM+. It's called Psycho, The Lost Tapes of Ed Gein, and they are actual audio tapes of Ed Gein speaking to psychiatrists and yeah. the judge and, and, and investigators. And we're part of that. So, so they Not have- Not a sympathetic snippet. sheriff,
0: like the, in the movie?
1: Yeah yeah not in our movie where there's more sympathy towards towards him i think it was more um from a clinical perspective especially from the psychiatrist or psychologist who talked to him but Ed Gein the musical gets a nice shout out and cameo in the four part docu series wow. which premieres september 17th um so i'm super looking forward to that <clears throat> to be i mean in the same breath as psycho and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Motel Hell and uh, Silence of the Lambs is is you know mind numbing to me to be in that legion you know as, but but as you
0: you 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 stepped outside and you, you thought outside the box in the creation of of this particular product yeah um, so comedic and cult are are kind of these charged words but. You also go beyond and get inside, or try to get inside Ed's head, his his background, his history, which speaks to process. God has cursed women. Come into bed with me. And and I've talked about uh, about process and history uh, a thousand different times, but that that's really a critical aspect of the film
1: yeah i i wanted takes it, it to be,
0: another level
1: yeah 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 and I wanted it to be as factually correct as possible i when you when you create a fantasy um paradigm or create a fantasy world, yeah. you still have to be under that construct of reality yeah. i i I don't like it when if if it's a fantasy world it still has its laws and bylaws and you know, and and the unchangeable, immutable laws that have to be a part of that. For an example, I, I don't like it if somebody's doing a, a fantastical piece on Abe Lincoln, let's say Abe Lincoln Vampire Killer, which actually isn't <laughs> all that bad of a movie. Yeah. But if you bring let let's say John F. Kennedy shows up, you know, and or Ronald Reagan shows up to to this fantastical world. Well now you've taken you know time travel <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and you've added something Um, fantastical to this, this created universe, you still have to be under those dictates uh, of of the fantasy world that you've created, you can't bring in those types of things, because, you know, JFK or Ronald Reagan, obviously wasn't around during Abe Lincoln's time. So, Mm -hmm. so what I wanted it to be was factually correct, but in the universe that I created is all in the construct of his head, it's all in his psyche. It, it's all the music that he hears. He's the only person that hears that music in the film. Mm-hmm. And the only time we break the fourth wall is when he starts singing out loud and the sheriff smacks him in the head and says, <laughs> you know, what the hell are you doing? And then, you know, Ed looks into the camera and goes, well, it's a musical, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Somebody framed
0: me. Shut up and quit singing. I, did,
1: I thought, yeah, since. It's a musical. Skin colored slippers and flesh covered poodles. So that's the only time anyone else can hear windows. the music in his head. And, and I always got that, that simple precept was uh, growing up in the area that Ed Gein was from. Mm-hmm. there was always this rumor that he danced with the uh, dead brides that he exhumed in these graves yeah. in the light from the, in the light of the moon. Well, in order to dance, you have to have music. And the music was all emanating from his head. This is way before, you know, boom boxes and things like that in mm-hmm. the forties and fifties. Mm-hmm. So you, he had to create it from his own uh, brain. So, so I thought, well, if he's creating music in his head, that's what I'm going to keep within the construct of the, uh, the uh the movie and that's so, kind of what i did it's such a lonely feeling it's such a lovely reeling surrounded by an old friend and yet i'm treated like a rural mannequin
0: so what do you say to people then who because because you you do make that uh make that extra step in talking about his his origins and and the process that might have have created um something that that wasn't naturally there right yeah. so so what do you, what do you, what would you say to people who would who would charge you with humanizing pure evil if that's even a concept.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, and and again, you know, just like uh, baby Hitler, you know, uh, we start off innocent, mm-hmm. and we start off as this unblemished, innocent, uh, you know, body and soul. Mm-hmm. And it's you know the upbringing though. It's it's genetics too, but it's also the familial way that they're brought up. So yeah. in Ed's case was the massive amount of physical abuse that his father did almost on a daily basis, very yeah. hardcore, alcoholic, physical abuse and emotional harangues. And then you have his mom who then would emotionally harangue him using the old Testament fire mm-hmm. and brimstone. Women are harlots and whores. And so l- let
0: me, let me stop yeah, Let me stop you there because you, you sort of psychosexualize that abuse yeah. uh, as, as a catalyst to, to what he would, he would later become was, was that, was that your your interpretation or did, uh, did was there a basis for that?
1: He opened the coffin, threw back his head. You could tell by the smell that this gal is dead. So so some of the psychologists that had talked to Ed, he they would say, what was your upbringing like? And he was very honest to a point. He would say, yeah. you know, dad beat him. And. His mom was not very nice to him. And then when they'd say something like, did your mom sexually abuse you? And he got very embarrassed mm. and very quiet and reserved mm. and almost to a person, the psychologist said, that's something that is so beyond the, the pale of, of normalcy. You know, back in the day in the 20s and 30s, kids got whoopings, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. in the 70s and 80s, kids got whoopings. I remember yes, they that. did um you remember that yeah so i get a lot of them yeah yeah (laughs) and and so it wasn't you know that was just part of growing up you know at that time frame but the the sexual component to it with your own mother takes it to a sick beyond depraved you know level and that's where i think the twisted you know the real twisting of his uh psych psychoses really happened
0: Mm -hmm. Mm so i'm not done with your introduction yet man uh dan davies is also the the publisher (laughs) of renegade press llc in appleton wisconsin have you ever have you ever wondered how how it was how how it came to be named appleton i don't know why i was thinking of this when i when i i wrote that down uh i I sort of had it in my head head that uh two guys showed up and went what what are we going to name this place uh, and one of them said, "I don't know." There's like a ton of apples, and they went, "Yeah, <laughs> that's it." Actually, actually, most people
1: think that, but but this is what I've read. And, right. and um, so, Lawrence University is this really amazing liberal arts university. I can actually yep. see it from my window. I'm almost on the campus itself. It's one of the best music conservatory schools mm-hmm. in the in the world, actually. And there was a gentleman, and I think his name was Samuel Appleton. Okay. who deeded some of the land for lawrence and then conversely there was enough land where they came up to him and said what would you like to name since you own a lot of this property what would you like to name your your city and let thought, me well, think yeah let me <laughs> my name is appleton it should be appleton and uh so i think that's essentially it i'm probably it's probably about 90 percent correct in my memory bank um, but yeah, so he was instrumental in, um, you know, co-founding Lawrence University in, I think eighteen forty something like that, eighteen forty-five mm-hmm, maybe, mm-hmm. and then hence the the city itself was Appleton. But people think it's it's apples, you mm-hmm. know, which there are actually a lot of apples here too. But
0: well, wow, we're 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 covering some history on this show, man. <laughs> um, also, uh, tell me about the uh, the fifth annual NIFA. Uh, awards coming up on September 23rd.
1: Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. our fifth annual and it's a national independent film association. I started mm-hmm. it about five years ago or so mm-hmm. and wanted it to be an outlet for independent films and independent music. I wanted kind of the best of both worlds. I okay. kind of wanted it to be a smaller version of South by Southwest in Austin, yeah, Texas. Yeah. Um, We have music videos. We've got feature films. We've got short films and screenplays and short screenplays and documentaries and international. But I wanted it to be truly an independent look. And, Mm -hmm. And the reason being is so many of these big time film festivals Say they're independent, you know. Sundance, well, Sundance gets $150 million budget to premiere at Sundance. Yeah. yeah. um, Which they originally, Robert Redford said, I'm doing this for the little guy, I'm doing this for the independent filmmaker. Well, that didn't last too long. Yeah. Um, And so I really wanted it to be for the smaller independent filmmaker who Mm -hmm, had that mm -hmm. ideal of making great uh, films and, okay. and making great music videos. And, and also we give lifetime achievement awards and legend awards and uh, to people in the music industry and the film industry that kind of uh, present that independent ideal. Yeah. Um, and any any
0: films that success. you want to call out that just snuck up sure. on you that were just exemplary?
1: Sure. We're going through the judging process right now, but we have a couple of films out of the, out of the uh, the film festival that aren't being judged they're Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, just having a world premiere we're having a world premiere of this really really cool apocalyptic uh, thriller called happy birthday and the filmmakers one is originally from detroit and the other is uh, milwaukee uh, was shot essentially in wisconsin Mm -hmm. and i'm super excited for that i play the president of the united states in that film uh, so, and also one of the reasons why i wanted to have a film festival was before i got onto netflix and hulu and yeah and all yeah. kinds of those people would say hey dan where can i see your film you know six seven years ago and i would say well it's you know on amazon but this this and this mm-hmm. and before it you know had success on netflix and hulu mm-hmm. i thought well why not have my own film festival because i could show my own films the things that i'm in and i, I know that sounds kind of um uh, one dimensional and and kind of selfish, but I don't care. You <laughs> so, know, number one, number two, it's my 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 own dime. I created it out of my uh-huh. own pocketbook, and uh-huh. um, and I and I wanted it though to have that opportunity. Now I, I have a small role in the film Happy Birthday, but it's it's a, a really a, an amazing and and cool cool film, and a lot of Wisconsinite, you know, Midwest filmmakers and actors are part of it from Chicago mm-hmm. and. Um, huh. In Wisconsin as well. And then we've got a world premiere um, trailer preview of a film that's kind of a thriller horror film
0: mm-hmm. from
1: a filmmaker from Los Angeles, a filmmaker from uh, Japan, and a filmmaker from uh, Milwaukee got together um, and created this uh, really cool film, which I'm also in, but a very, very small role, very, very small, small part in it. So it's almost a cameo, actually. Mm-hmm. But it's a really, really well done film called Without a Name. And so we're going to show that uh, world premiere trailer. And then we have a short film. It's out of competition. All of these are out of competition. Mm-hmm. Um, called Ballad of a Mushroom Cloud, which is about my grandfather, who um, served in World War II, but stateside. And he was driving the armaments from Detroit and the naval base, the armament base to Oak Ridge, Tennessee, where they were building the bombs for Nagasaki and Hiroshima. And he was half Indian, half Seneca and half Scots-Irish. And they were specifically looking for Indian people that also had their semi-license. And my grandpa asked why. And he said, well, you guys have good sense of direction. He's like, well, isn't that what a compass or a map is for? He's like, (laughs) well, the armaments that you're going to be carrying, your your compass might not always work, right, right. And you have to take a different route every single time from Detroit to Oak Ridge, and then sometimes Oak Ridge to Los Alamos. Oh, he said I see. Because we don't want German sympathizers or Nazi sympathizers or
0: saboteurs to interdict and, and, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah to, to kidnap you and steal what you have back there. So it was he was part of the Manhattan Project and the Ballad of a Mushroom Cloud very quickly is a true story of when he got pulled over. He was probably about 30 miles away from Oak Ridge, mm-hmm. but he was lost and he just didn't know where he was. Mm-hmm. And an MP pulled him over and looked at my grandfather and saw that he had dark hair, dark eyes, dark skin, and made the smart ass comment, you know, what reservation are you coming out of? And my grandfather says Detroit. And the guy goes, okay, let me see your ID and paper, paperwork. So my grandfather gave him his ID and his paperwork was in an envelope. He hadn't, didn't Mm -hmm. even know what his security clearance was, Mm -hmm. gives it to the MP. The MP goes back to his car and looks at the security clearance, calls it in and says, oh dear Lord, what did I just do? And he hands it back to my grandfather and, and he salutes my grandfather. He says, you don't have to salute me. He said, "No, I I think I do. Your security clearance is second only to President Roosevelt."
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: So my grandfather. So it's a cool little it's called "Ballad of a Mushroom Cloud." We're gonna show that, um, and that's really I'm excited uh, for that one as well. So. Yeah, or we, for that,
0: people that can't make it to to Appleton, uh, can they can they see these online? Is there a pay per view or how? We, I think, will probably end up. We have um,
1: a couple of uh, uh, paparazzi there that are also podcasters. Okay. So, okay. Uh, one of them is called Cocktails with Dimples in the Beard. Uh-huh.
0: The yep. base, uh,
1: yeah. West base. Yeah, we've been. I've been on. on their show actually. And so is Carrie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so they're going to be there, and they're going to be our red carpet interview oh uh, they're great they're awesome yeah they're super super sweet guys yeah, and they, and yeah. they do a, a really cool show yeah um so so hopefully we'll be able to do it i'm not sure about facebook live just because of the fact that um even with these films i, I you know it's for the people there and not so much for broad because mm-hmm. they're, they don't have their distributors yet they're yeah. still being shopped around so mm-hmm. but we'll have a little bit of the pomp and circumstance uh on you know their podcast and maybe facebook live mm-hmm. uh but if it's any of the chicagoland people it's you know two hours and 45 minutes actually two two hours 30 minutes if you drive like me <laughs> from chicago to appleton and uh it's september 23rd at 7 p.m nice nice are still available yep
0: and and folks might think that we're done with uh, with Dan Davies' news, uh, but uh, but you you were on coast to coast this weekend. I heard that show. I stayed yeah. up late to hear that show and then get oh out and gosh. see the comet. Uh, the the, the comet was was a bust. Uh, the show was great. Oh, good, good. So you liked it? I'm glad. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot.
1: Good, good. Yeah, so we were on yeah coast to coast AM, which mm-hmm. is really kind of cool because i was a fan of art bell um original show that yeah was on yeah the 80s and when i was growing up i used to to listen to it on a little transistor radio um at at midnight and to have that you know 40 some years ago and then to yeah. be on the show yeah. on their 700 radio uh stations was really kind of a heady experience but we had a good time with it it was with donna Frankart. Uh-huh. who wrote Edgie the Ed Gein, the musical and novel. Yep. and which is an homage to the the book itself and we just really enjoyed ourselves and uh and that's i think podcast uh on their coast to coast am i think on their their website page. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. You'll probably have to divine how to how to listen to it uh, you know, I'll really I'll, I'll post
0: a link to it on the in the notes below. Uh, sure. When, sure. When I that would be this. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I think that's it for you. Yeah, but that, 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 that's that's so so he he talked about Renegade Press. Uh, that's a huge plug. That's a huge national plug for for Renegade Press, man. Oh
1: boy, you know when it, it's the most listened to overnight program ever. Yeah, and I've heard yeah, yeah, it um, yeah, I've heard some estimates. It's about three and a half
0: million people listen to the the they radio. They play it on on WCGO, my my old radio station. Oh yeah and i can't tell you the number of people when we'd say oh yeah i'm on wcgo oh that's george nuri or you know coast to coast
1: (laughs) yeah it's uh and the the gentleman who was on before us uh, i don't know if you got a chance to listen to him he was fascinating
0: Mm -hmm. that
1: daniel drazen Mm -hmm, does the mm -hmm. uh near death experiences and his stories are pretty pretty freaky so that was a really fun show and yeah, we got a lot of press with uh, Renegade Press and um, my publishing company yeah. and publicity and for Ed Gein the Musical as well. And uh,
0: yeah, yeah. It just, how it how, did, that, how did that come about that, that, they, uh, that they had you on? Did you contact them? Did they invite you on? How, how did they hear about Ed Gein the Musical?
1: So we were on Richard Syretz, uh He's based out of Toronto, Canada. We were mm-hmm. on his podcast and radio program mm-hmm. Um, strange planet, and uh, got a nice response there. And he said, Well, I'm I'm co hosting or I'm hosting the weekends for uh, Coast to Coast for now a number of years. Would you guys like to be on and talk about the book, talk about the film, talk about Ed Gain? I said, Hell's to the yeah, are you kidding? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so that was that was really, really fun. And we got a great response from it. I'm still trying to decipher through all the nice emails and messages that i got and uh but it's it was really uh
0: what is it about ed gein or is he the original ghoul in in our current maybe unhealthy fascination with serial killers yeah he's he's i always tell people he's
1: the you know he's the first triple threat he's the babe ruth of serial killers he's the fred astaire of um, dep- depravity. You know, he he's the one who set the tone and he was the first actual human that they use for a quote unquote horror film. So prior mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. Psycho, 1959, 1960, the, the type of you know monsters were the frankenstein monster or we're, the werewolf or vampires or zombies you know they were actual yeah. physical monsters yeah. Yeah. and he was the, it was really the first time that a human being became a monster on the big screen yeah uh, via, via psycho and that kind of kicked it off and it kicked off that whole genre of films from 1960 on of the deranged man you know mm-hmm. instead of a uh, a monster instead of godzilla instead of frankenstein instead of these things and mm. that's that's why he's so you know he's the pantheon he's on you know the mount rushmore of cinematic you know serial killers yeah. and they all can stem you know the genesis is literally at game because he was just so beyond the pale of normalcy that just he redefined depravity and mm. yeah people are are fascinated you know with um from a gallows i think point of view of how mm. could somebody turn into that monster that's i think the biggest reason why people watch it it's like mm. how do why do people even think that way
0: yeah yeah, like hitler like hitler which is a great <laughs> which is a, per- a perfect segue uh so i i wrote i wrote a bit of a synopsis uh to to sort of bring the audience up to speed here a little bit and it goes a little something like this darby just met greta the girl of his dreams there's just a slight difference in age She's 130 years older than he is. When a community college physics professor is thrust back in time to to 1891 Bavaria, he must find a way back to his own time or forever be trapped in a past he little understands. When a time auger accuses Dar- Darby of wanting to murder baby Hitler, dictator in diapers, the pooping potentate, uh, the swaddling Swabian. Uh, how, how, how many of these can we think of, uh, Dan? <laughs>
1: uh (laughs) teutonic tit (laughs) willow
0: there you go there you go uh i I hadn't even thought of that one uh darby with greta uh are chased across bavaria where the 'er ne'er-do-wells of time await to help him get back to his own time you read you read the book i would love i would love your your thoughts on especially given your your filmmaking past it it's an out-of-the-box story yeah, uh, oh, I, I, yeah so i'd lo- I'd love your thoughts on it it's
1: an amazing book it's in and i'm 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 very i'm honored to have also at renegade press i have uh, uh two people that are essentially my readers who are just uh, amazing they're intellectuals they're fun they they love saying you're you're doing
0: books. you're doing really well so far.
1: Yeah, thank you, and and yeah. you know, and that's with Randy Richardson's *Savannah yep. Hangover*. When when I first read that, I always read books from a cinematic point of view. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I have to get a hold of Randy because we he and I are writing the uh, teleplay adaptation for his book. Oh, great! Um, I saw I what... saw that
0: he just got another award.
1: Yeah, it's he, the Havana Hangover is a semifinalist for the 12th annual Kindle Book Awards. Oh, that's killer. And and our cover is also a semifinalist and I kind of, you know, for me I'm just I'm learning this business, so um when I created it I asked uh you know Randy and his wife I said what do you guys think of it and they gave me little tidbits of of information. But I was uh, shocked that it's doing I'm I actually strike that i'm not shocked that
0: it's doing as well as it's doing it's a fun it's a- summer read and it, yeah. it it's a page turner it, it's a yeah. great book
1: yeah 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 you know and and it had all those elements from a cinematic point of view yeah uh so so i have to get a hold of randy again this this week or so and just say hey let's get going on this stuff Yeah, because yeah. i'm busier than a one-legged man and an asking <laughs> like uh, but getting back to baby hitler though i just you know i can always tell within the first 30 or 40 pages, how fluid it is and how I'm visualizing it, how I'm seeing it Mm -hmm. as I read it. Mm -hmm. And as I was reading it, I'm filled with the visuals. I'm filled with cinematic, full-blown visuals. And instantly, I'm a a character person as well. I mean, you know, Hitchcock always said, what makes a great book or uh, film? Three things, story, story, story. Mm -hmm. Obviously, story Mm -hmm. is king. But I'm, I'm one of those types of guys that love characters because I'm able to play now a lot of them in, in film and in some TV. But, but that was what drew me to it. And then the visual aspect of it, as it was the... Even the, 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 the mathematical equations, and there's only a few of them, really, mm-hmm. um, they augment the book and really add to it. And it's like it's you don't have to be a nerd or get into quantum mechanics or quantum mm-hmm. physics to understand it you Mm -hmm. don't have to be that you can just be a fan of fantasy and uh love affairs and romance Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it has all those elements into it so so with the readers it really
0: truly is a love story at its core
1: yeah it is it really really truly is and you know the the character of darby is instantly likable greta is instantly likable and i'm just i'm excited and i you know i'm in a you know strong arm you i want renegade <laughs> press to publish that and we'll get randy's teleplay done and then work on your uh full-length feature uh screenplay yeah but uh, i'll send you all that information you know take all a right. look yeah. at you know yeah but, absolutely. Uh, i'm i'm i absolutely love it and and just the the title alone is it's attractive it's it's not it's not salacious you know mm-hmm. but it's um it's attractive. I mean, it's it's
0: just it, very unique. It started out this the seed of it came from the 2016 election and Jeb Bush's comment: if he could go back in time, he would kill Baby Hitler, which yeah. I just thought was completely absurd, immoral at the, at the very least, and just ridiculous on it on its on its face. Uh, so I, I began to think of. Of how to thrust some be- someone back into a situation, and then and then make that situation real. Yeah. So Darby arrives through this this time portal accidentally or or without being asked or considered. He just is thrown back in time. This this freak storm, and with with a musical element. Now he's in eighteen ninety one. The year that Hitler was born. So Hitler's a Hitler's a little baby in this little town on the Austrian Bavarian border. And I, by the way, I, I've been I've been through Bavaria a thousand times. I know it like the back of my hand. Uh, Munich and 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 Nuremberg and all and and all of it. It was it was wonderful getting to recreate Bavaria and Munich before. Before the First World War, before the, the the Second World War, before all of that, and kind of shift it back in time, and meet people there that were uh, that were flesh and blood and and real. So uh, he meets he meets a young Einstein. There's the artist Block, uh, who he meets. That's that's a real story. What happened to him and what the Nazis did to him was very real. So, but he meets these people, and he. He has to find a way to to argue about what he knows is coming, but is fifty years ahead of their time. And so they have they have no no historical or cultural or even realistic marker to to connect with. Yeah, you know so anti-Semitism is is a product of of immigration. And it's, it's a coarse and, uh, and, and abrasive function, but it's not, it's not Holocaust yet, you know? So in, in order, in order to convince people, how, how, how do you convince someone that something is going to happen to them or, or their country 50 or 60 years in in the future? Yeah. Yeah. That's without you know without giving yourself away or being being thought of as a lunatic that's that's very very difficult and and so this love affair with Greta progresses to the point and and gets to a point where he he can tell her but but the auger so that that's the point of the auger. the auger is sort of the the antagonist to to darby's pro, protagonist and yeah. uh and his love interest uh, greta because he can tell that story he yeah. can convince with with the things that he can conjure and and do he can he can convince somebody that this is a possibility or this is yeah. a reality that they don't understand opening up wormholes is a whole different thing
1: yeah. that
0: entails negative energy negative energy is uh, and and we're going to completely geek out here is is theoretical it's never yeah. been proven but no. but there there's lots of math that says if you if you want to open and hold open a wormhole you need ample amounts of negative energy and and so i i thought that a great hook and a great a great tension relieving foil would be the near wells of time, these classic rockers, mostly guitar players, uh, mm-hmm. who who can who can conjure negative energy at will. Yeah. And so they're they're waiting in Brano Amin, the the, the hometown of Baby Hitler, to open up that, that portal and get him home. If he can get there in time and and if he can outwit the Um, the auger yeah
1: yeah yeah it's just I I absolutely love it and and it's you know and again once you you delve into you know quantum mechanics and and uh, black holes and wormholes Mm -hmm. and you know that negative energy and hypothetical theoretical things that there are mathematical equations that are attached to some of these things yeah but they're still very uh, in the genesis of, of the theory itself there mm-hmm. isn't anything that's like a law you know not even close and you know thermodynamic um entropic laws and stuff there's immutable laws yeah. but there's this kind of gray area that they would talk about time is time a linear is it wrinkles in time you know mm-hmm. is it mm-hmm. foldable yeah Dar-
0: so 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 darby is trying to figure that out he's yeah. now now he finds himself he, he gets he gets sucked up into this into this wormhole of this storm and ends up in an alley uh, rousted by two uh, two German Bavarian gendarmes. And and he, he has to come to the realization that he's either dead and this is an illusion or yeah. it's real. And he's really back in 1891. Yeah. The math is very real. And he's but he's trying to figure that out. Yeah, uh, along the route, he's piecing together what he knows mathematically and and about physics, <clears throat> and these little these little uh, bits and pieces of of uh, of actual physics concepts and, and mathematics, and and try to build that into something that will help him get home. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's I absolutely. I love it. I just in having all of that. If you're gonna have something that is pretty heady to begin with, and, yeah. and you're talking about some of the greatest minds in the world that were trying to, you know, Stephen Hawking and, and mm-hmm. Einstein, they were trying mm-hmm. to wrap their heads around, you know, just even um, you know, does does nothing mm-hmm. have actually something? When mm-hmm. Hawking basically said the genesis creation of the universe you know comes from nothing mm-hmm. well, that almost like mirrors what the old testament says a vast void a yeah, formless yeah. void and yeah. and so it so but there had to be something intention you know is its own entity i believe mm-hmm. and that's what thermodynamic or uh, quantum mechanics especially dr fred allen wolf talks about the intention behind that law of attraction or that intention as we think it so mm-hmm. it becomes you know and uh, you know there's that as well but it's but if you go into that uh, from a scientific or mathematic or or a physics uh, you know physics point of view you're going to lose somebody but if you can bring yes. in that love affair and the rockers and time augers and and it's it has all those elements to make a great film to make a great love story to it has all those things you know and, that you want um and i know you go ahead well, I, Oh, with Stephen Hawking, with his book, his publisher told him, he said, if you put one mathematical equation in here, um, he said, you're going to lose at least half your audience, just one. And he was like, well, you know, I'll 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 take a
0: take a chance that mm-hmm. there are
1: people out there that would at least be somewhat interested in it but i, I have
0: I, you know i i have uh i have green's book i have michio kaku uh i i have a history of the history of time from yep. uh written by Hawking. By Hawke, a couple books yep. by hawking um on the bookshelf over here and they, they all have mathematical equations in them. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and people carl sagan did
1: yeah yeah so so again, it's 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 the best of both worlds. You can yeah, get, yeah. you know, the people that are really into it, the, the amateur mathematicians and, and <laughs> professional you know, people mm-hmm, that do that mm-hmm, for a living. Mm-hmm. And the the armchair people that just have a passing interest, but it's interested enough yeah. to go through it. And and time travel itself is yeah, it's just one of those conundrums that you know can you be you know there at the same time frame that you're actually there so yeah yeah i went back to 19 you know 78 and it's you know 12 13 year old me you know Uh uh i'm warning you know would you be back
0: in that time and and would you also be in your own time up until the point in which you went back in time
1: yeah yeah that's the you know i yeah, and that's always that, the the problem, and yeah, that's the yeah. that's the uh, um, you know the 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 bailiwick of the problem basically <laughs> is that that conundrum, you know, and even like science fiction films like Terminator, yeah, to have you know where really? they can only send someone through, you know, one time, mm-hmm. and then they're but they're still under the dictates of the time frame that they're at. Yeah, it's just it's it's fascinating, but I absolutely uh love it and and my readers you know uh at
0: Renegade Press publishing absolutely loved it yeah great and so i also i so i try to lay out two kind of fundamental concepts the the morality of uh, what whether or not evil exists and what it is and the role that experience plays in our life yeah so so there's there's these kind of comedic or semi-comedic conversations between the commissar and darby about uh about whether or not he under he understands what killing baby hitler is about you know are are you are will, will will you drown him well that that's kind of that's kind of messy and takes a long time. Or are you going to strangle them? That's not, you know, are you going to throw them out a window, you know? So, and can you hold a baby accountable for their future actions, which haven't yeah. happened yet?
1: Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. So, and then there's, there's yeah. also,
0: there's also this that I, I try to cover kind of the, the, the consequence of, of, of time travel. Yeah. you know again in in, in a semi comedic way but but very true to to the to the subject of if ta- if time travel is real then shouldn't shouldn't we see time traveling uh uh tourists everywhere yeah you know you, you know a, a group of time traveling tourists taking yeah. pictures on d day Uh, Or, you know, setting up bleachers on an island to watch the atomic explosion at at uh, at Hiroshima and Nagasaki, you know, or or all of these, you know, or somebody with a video camera for the Lincoln assassination. Shouldn't we see that everywhere? And and if they can go back in time, then why wouldn't you send armies back in time to vanquish the baby Hitlers or the teenage Hitlers and, and all this? Uh, and then, and then wouldn't you also have defending armies that, so you yeah. would just have this, this chaos.
1: Oh yeah. Complete and know? utter chaos. And and that's funny that you should bring that up. I have a friend who actually believes that aliens are time travelers for millions of years. So now it's how we we've evolved yeah, yeah, into these big headed gray eye yeah. Where they come in. And I, I did a TV pilot TV show in Colorado called weird people in weird places. Mm -hmm. And we went to the UFO watchtower and talked to ufologist and um, Mm -hmm. Katie page at MUFON, And that was really cool. I always said, you know, the one thing I was always afraid of as, as, you know, growing up and then as an adult, because you'd hear these stories of these people that would get, um, uh, sucked up into the the spaceship and then the aliens would kidnap them basically and then anally probe them <laughs> and so uh, during the tv the tv show basically i said if i'm gonna be out here at the ufo watchtower in colorado and i get you know the tractor beamed up to their spaceship at least i would have them at the bare minimum the common decency of buying me a few drinks before the there you probe- go <laughs> you know <laughs> and, and i've lived by that <laughs> adage you know my whole entire life if, if i'm going to be you know you know be sucked up not to to change the subject but I, <laughs> but again the aliens i always you know could be from a different dimension they could be Indeed. I, I think you know they could i i don't think that their their best intentions are are for us you know i i think they might come you know i don't know what we'd offer
0: them you know what the hell could we offer them you know yeah yeah uh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah you're right and if if they are from from a, another civilization in our time yeah. then how do we communicate with them you know it, yeah. it's like it's like it's like like a cat trying to talk to a dog or or yeah. or or me trying to communicate with a bird you know it, yeah. it's 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 it, it's, it's not going to happen or if it is going to happen it's going to be very rudimentary Uh, And and at some point, I'm going to say, Bird, you're you're an idiot. (laughs) Um, But, you know, but but at the at the base of time travel, at at the core of of the concept of time travel, I think is, first of all, recrimination. We always want to do over. But really, at the core of it is free will. the the concept of free will but time travel sets up this conundrum of if you express free will then don't you and and our and darby has to argue this or 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 come to a, a consensus on this if you if you exercise free will aren't you introducing chaos yeah and the auger is there to say no chaos yeah strict order Yep. and this is the way the way it happens. Now, yep. now Darby comes to come comes to this, and 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 I, I've I've spoken about this as well. That in reality, free will is can can exist in in a closed sy- system, depending yep. on the the number of variables. We live in in a highly ordered universe, but within our own environment. There are so many variables, so many people yeah. moving, so many things yep. happening that the the permutations of that are are infinite, yeah. and and that fosters free will.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like you said, you know, free will volition brings its own chaotic um, yeah. monkey wrench into the whole system. Yes. Um, and that's what they have to be you know the augers and yeah. and you know the, the
0: which is the, the argument tax. for law and constitution yeah. and rules and order yeah. and, and all that
1: yeah and even you know the, the the concept of what is evil but humans were the i think the only uh species basically that has a clearly defined sense of right and wrong and yeah. and you know, we know if you slap somebody, if you slap a kid, that's wrong. You know, and and there's cert- we're imbued with it, which you know goes to you know higher source. I would imagine the lawgiver giving us the laws, but we it's imbued in our subconscious. We we know what's right and wrong. Yeah. And when people get that screwed up, like Ed Gein, um, <laughs> yeah, you're you're in a world of hurt. You know, when you're that you know. Um, psychotic i guess mm-hmm. not to understand the the meaning of right and wrong but yeah it's just that evil you know could you in good conscience kill a a, a helpless innocent completely mm-hmm. innocent baby mm-hmm. knowing that that baby's gonna wreak havoc on a historical massive level or or do, could... or
0: does he because because yeah. i and and i don't want to give away the the ending yeah. but i argue uh, i argue process yeah in 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 the book and yeah. that we're all we're all a product of process and if you if you disrupt that process or interrupt or in uh or inject something positive into yeah. into a negative will will that will that affect the outcome you bet and 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 that's a
1: question i had when um i think it was npr they asked me about the, the if 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 Ed Gein, for instance, wasn't brought up by pathologically religious, sexually abusive, you know, physically yeah. abusive yeah. parents, yeah. Yeah. and you put him in a different environment, how would he have turned out?
0: Yeah,
1: you know. And we kind of, I think, both know what the answer to that would have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so so that you know begs the question too. But know, even to it, that- even
0: if he was mentally. I, I, I would think you would have to be mentally off center, uh, yeah. mentally mentally ill um, in order in order to uh, in order to rationalize what you're doing in your own mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so 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 say that was the case without without psychoanalyzing him because I'm not a psychoanalyst. Say say that's that's the case. So if he if he was brought up under, under different circumstances, would that mental illness be, be more akin to uh, somebody with schizophrenia or, or something who is, uh, who is helped by loving parents and a loving environment uh, or, or uh, can be institutionalized or, or helped with medication and, and doesn't take that, that other hard turn yeah yeah
1: and that's and that's the <clears> thing too i mean it, there are people obviously that do have psychoses and disassociative behaviors yeah, and chemical yeah. imbalances and yeah. those are kind of beyond their quote-unquote control but you can still with a loving environment you can foster mm-hmm. that person and give mm-hmm. them the tools to deal with the anxiety or deal with the manic episodes or yeah. whatever uh, very quick when um people would ask about myself and my brothers and sisters and and they said, how did you guys turn out so great? And I said, well, thank you. I don't think I did, but my brothers and sisters did. Um, They said, your dad's in jail and in prison. He's in a maximum security federal penitentiary for a 12 year sentence. And you guys were poor and your Mm -hmm. mom was in and out of hospitals and your mom dies prematurely and blah, 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 blah. And, And how did you turn out? Well, this is the one thing I tell them. I knew every single day, that i was growing up that i was loved there you go there That you my go. dad it, being in jail or in prison or my mom in the hospital i knew every single day that i was loved and and they were proud of me so if, if those just those elements alone just love alone yeah. can cure and if you don't have that in the parental you know structure which ed Gein didn't and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe hitler didn't you know it's <clears throat> it's difficult you know it's your recipe for disaster. Your yeah. recipe for a monster. Well, and...
0: since since you're revealing, I'll I'll reveal this because because it 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 supports what you're saying. Uh, my dad was was a severe alcoholic. Uh, mm-hmm. For he 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 he, uh, he supported the family, you know, decent enough uh, as a as a working class as a blue collar guy, and later as a fireman. But he was he was a, a nasty drunk. Yeah. And could be very abusive, physically and and mentally abusive. When you know for for years and years, he, then after after he he witnessed a few things, uh, some terrible things as a fireman, he turned himself around. Yeah, and that taught me a lot about process. Yeah, yeah, and how and how the events in our life. Uh, and and so he he grew up in a in a in a with sixteen brothers and sisters in a in a in a poor Iowa mm. farmhouse. So so looking at that at that upbringing, and he even spent a little time in uh, there was a there was a boys' home in in Iowa that uh, Mickey Rooney uh, made a film about that's escaping me right now. Oh yeah, yeah, boys' yeah. down boys' town, oh, boys boys town. town. yeah. Uh, my my dad my dad spent uh, some time there. Oh wow! Uh, as as a kid. Wow. So so seeing seeing that and seeing his his progression and he gave he gave he gave up drinking on his own for for his family that processes everything in our life.
1: Yeah, you bet. Yeah. You bet. It's yeah. that 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 process and it's that construction. Yeah, you you were under construction i have a friend you'll probably have to beep the last part of this t-shirt but my friend made this t-shirt which i absolutely love it said kid under construction god ain't done with me yet motherfuckers (laughs) 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 i don't censor no good and he wore it at six flags uh in gurney (laughs) um he was like my hero like (laughs) i love that you know they asked him to turn it inside out though um but, but, but it's, you know, you're, we're under construction, yeah. you know, we should yeah. always be that process. We should yeah. always be working on ourselves to better ourselves, to be smarter, better, you know, nicer, more generous, more caring, more mm-hmm. giving. Mm-hmm. That is so important. Once you stop doing that is when you stop being, you know, you're not a human being, you know, yeah. anymore, you've become yeah. stale and stagnant and yeah. you want to be yeah. a human being and a human doing. And that that doing is always that improvement and always saying I can be better than this yeah. than yesterday. And
0: it's that process, you know. Boy, boy, what a what a great conversation, man. I knew it would be. <laughs> I knew it would be. Uh, Dan Davies is the pub- publisher of Renegade Press LLC in Appleton, Wisconsin, Renegade Press Publisher.com. He also wrote, co-produced, and starred in the brilliant and i'm underscoring that a thousand times uh 2010 (laughs) cult film ed gein musical which is also mentioned in the upcoming mgm plus four episode docuseries psycho the lost tapes of ed gein thank you brother this this was this was great oh man
1: yeah it's it again bill thank you so much and i absolutely love your book um and you know, let's when talk I read something, we're gonna talk yeah, about yeah let's it, talk let's talk for sure thank you again i don't bless my soul
0: something's wrong with me i'm cooking like a man on a killing spree my mom says i'm dating weird like a thug i'm in love ha! she's all cooked up mm-hmm.
1: yeah 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 her hands are tasty and her knees are sweet her pituitary gland is a tasty treat turn to when you need to sup I'm in love cuz she's all cooked up oh uh-huh. yeah 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 the
0: My thanks to Dan Davies, a link to his Coast to Coast interview, and to Ed Gein the musical are in the notes below. And stay tuned for more about my upcoming novel, The Assassination of Baby Hitler, A Love Story. For Playtime, I'm W.C. Turk.